Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and you're listening to I Love That Movie. And uh, if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can at AYA Lisa Cosplay. I'm also on Instagram under AYA and as Nancy AMI Lisa. And we have a closed Facebook group called I Love That Movie. It's just a safe space for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films, judgment free. Uh, my only rule is keep it positive. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. It helps other people find us and other people. And uh, yeah, we like adding people to our group. So that's great. Uh, A couple of quick things I want to mention. I do have a t-shirt campaign going on right now. It's for our two-year anniversary. I can't believe it's already been almost two years, but uh, that's coming up. And so if you want to uh, check that out, check the show notes. I'll have a link in there. Uh, We are going to have a meetup at AllCon on March 14th. It'll just be in the Plaza Bar at the Crown Plaza in Addison. We also have our first panel that's going to be on the 16th at 4 o'clock. It's in the Maple Ballroom on the second floor. We're going to talk about Flash Gordon, so bone up on that. Go ahead and watch that movie, and if you come with questions about that movie or about the podcast, we'd love to see you. I'm going to have Christopher R. Mim is going to be in that uh, panel with me, as well as Michael Cross, so looking forward to seeing all of you. Hope to see you there. Uh, If you want tickets, you can check out the AllCon website, which I will also link in the description box below. All right, enough plugs. So let's get on to the actual show. Uh, I have a returning guest today. I have Jordan Funk. Say hi, Jordan. Hi, guys. What's going on? I'm so glad to have you back. I feel I'm sensing a theme with some of your movie choices. Last time we talked about 12 Angry Men, correct? We did. We did indeed. Yeah. And this time we're talking about a different kind of mystery. (laughs) We are. We are indeed. Yeah. You could tell there's sort of a theme going on here, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Jordan, uh, before we announce the movie, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit in case people haven't heard you on the show yet? Sure thing. My name is Jordan Funk. Um, I am part of actually the Suicide Squad cast network where we talk about all things DC Comics. So um, I run a, I do a show, uh, host a show with Chris Rimmer, and we do DC Comics Squadcast. So um, if you guys haven't checked it out, we pretty much just talk about all comics that come out um, every week. Although lately with, you know, Chris having a child and me, you know, kind of being all over the place, it's been a little <laughs> difficult to get weekly. So we try and get those out when we can. But um love to talk about all things comics uh, love movies i'm a huge music guy as well um and then in my professional life i actually am a bookkeeper for a real estate company and i'm actually in the process of getting my real estate license so there's a little That's bit awesome. if you guys didn't know about me um <laughs> and i have a lovely fiance um lizzie and then we have a little lizard his name is jebediah so um yeah <laughs> full, he's house. full house here so uh dogs are definitely next on 
the list though i saw you were having some issues with your dog bowls this week uh, this week so it just made me oh, think of that oh my real gosh quick. it was so insane my my dogs get very excited and uh <laughs> when they're fed and they've learned this new trick where they would bang on their bowls when they want food or they kick oh, okay. them around and I guess she kicked it one too many times and it shattered. It was shocking. And then I was trying to pick it up so that she didn't get cut by the right. you know, pieces. And then I cut myself instead. Oh, no. And I was like, we got to get rid of these bowls. Like, yeah. they're hazard. <laughs> it was I so funny. You. It had never happened before, but it was like, ugh, it was, yeah, it's something to think about. You know, having one dog is awesome. When you have two of them, yeah. it just is double the energy. They, they feed off each other and they make each other, they get really hype. And these yeah. are old animal dogs too they're like one of them's yeah i think like eight or nine and the other one is like 13 or 14 oh that's funny <laughs> but they're still insane so yeah so gotta love them gotta love them <laughs> lizard's probably a little bit calmer oh my um, gosh actually they're pretty much about the same he's a little nuts <laughs> he's a little nuts so he had a teenage week this week and um I, I won't go into the stories because otherwise we'll be here for forever but yeah he's, he's a little teenager at the moment so Aww. he has his moments where he gets a little uh teenager like don't touch me like, don't, you know, I'm, I'm exploring the floor. Don't take me, don't let me, you know, if he, he's not allowed to go in the kitchen. So when you hear like the, because we have like the linoleum tile uh, tile in the kitchen, that's when you know you're like, oh, okay, I got to run in there and grab him. You go to grab him and he's like, don't grab me. Don't touch it. Don't touch me. That's crazy. So, yeah. so he, he gets to run around. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Because uh, I mean, before he was pretty much kind of just kept in his tank. And so now that we actually let him roam around and he's a little bit older, he's kind of, he gets a little territorial sometimes. But um, yeah, because we've had him for about three months and he's two. So he's, a you know, there's still some adjusting there. But for the most part, he's a he's a good little dude and he loves carrots. So he goes crazy over food, too. When we put it in there, he's a big carrot dude. So he goes in there, scrapes them right off the top. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's definitely neat. I'll try and throw some more videos and stuff up on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff of him. Oh, man, I definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I love I love your show. I need to go back and catch up now that you're kind of slowing down. But I'm always like overwhelmed because there's just so many comics out. Oh, my gosh. I'm just terrible at keeping up. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's it's one of those things where it's like I give people who listen to the show weekly like props and people who are able to keep up with stuff weekly because like sometimes even Chris and I aren't able to do it. And that's why the show doesn't come out for a week and a half is because there's just so much material and then you got to go in and read some of the other stuff to make sure you can break it down okay so that way it's at least coherent um because some of the stuff that comes out like you know grant morrison he's all like headspace sort of writing and more philosophy based and stuff like that so th- some of those things get a little nutso when sometimes you're just like i just want to talk about like i don't know batman using a grappling gun to like catch a villain <laughs> but there are yeah. other times when they make it a little more difficult but that's what makes it all uh fun and worthwhile so but it's nice to do some, you know, I want to thank you for having me back on because it's nice to oh, do this yeah. sort of thing where you get to discuss a little something else for once. So I'm glad we were able to um, set this up and, and you know, figure out, set aside some time to talk about this movie because I think it's one we both we both love. So, yes. And go ahead and introduce the movie for us, Jordan. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Clue, the movie. Yeah. Uh, released <laughs> in 1985, directed by Jonathan Lynn. Um I love this movie. I know we talked about it a little bit before we started, but it just is, it's got to be in my top five of all time, possibly top three. It's just a movie I can turn on over and over again. And me and my fiance absolutely love it. We love taking little one-liners from the movie, plugging it into other things. I was telling you this before we started to record. There's that Doritos commercial where like the kid tricks the guy into going in the box and he's like, 
I don't know, pretends he's going through a time machine. He comes out and he sees the old guy and he's like, Jimmy, you're so old. And then there's like this, uh, this scene in here where uh, Professor Plum is trying to get into a, uh, they're looking at the pictures of Colonel Mustard and uh, who we come to find out later. I'm not going to get too spoiler into that in the beginning, but um, there are a couple of, you know, sexual positions they're talking about. He's like, oh my God, nobody can get in that position. Mrs. White says it. And Professor Plum's like, let me show you. And she does this, get off me after he gets him there. And so um, we just throw like certain those things in there. So we were doing like, that's so old. And it's just afterward, be like, get off me. I don't know. Me and Lizzie <laughs> thought it was really funny. Uh, but we're also just like, I don't know, we're weird people. So we, we always say if like people were ever recorded what we sound like in our house, when nobody's here with like, we both get put away in a loony bin. So um, <laughs> that's sort of where we are with it. We, we love this movie and it's definitely one we throw on. Uh, I got to say at least once a month, if not oh, wow. times more than that. Yeah. It's, it's just is one of those, one of those ones we can't go too long without watching it. Oh my gosh. Well, when was the first time you think you saw this? First time I saw this for sure. I know it was actually in college. Like I didn't have a really big like film background growing up. It was more like whatever my mom uh, would turn on and it would be like, I don't know, like day, daytime lifetime movies. And then my dad would watch like Stallone um, action movies. So like aside from that, it was kind of tough to really get into movies in depth. So I didn't really start exploring until I got into college. And this one, we were over at a friend's house one night and um, we were just like, you know, we had a night of drinking and then afterwards nobody wanted to go home. And they're like, you guys want to throw on Clue the movie? And I was like, I've never seen it. They're like, oh my God, Tim Curry's in it. You're going to love it. So <laughs> Boom, popped it on and I got to sit there and, and watch it with all my friends and it was just I've been in love with it ever since yeah like for me I think man I don't know how old I was but I mentioned on the show a lot that you know I have a, a, a friend that I grew up with Kara she's been on several times to talk about Indiana Jones we talked mm -hmm. about The Rock those episodes um we watched this movie a lot as children I, I'm gonna say I don't know, like maybe eight or nine years old. And I remember one time she invited a bunch of girls over for her birthday uh, from her school. And we didn't go to the same school at the time. Um, and she's like, let's watch Clue. And the, the other girls were like, oh, we don't know what that is. And we put it on and we just, you know, like I still do to this day, laughed the entire movie. Yeah. And we got like crickets from them. They were just, <laughs> it was like, it was almost like we had vi invited a bunch of people into our own private hangout session. And they were right. just like, should we leave? Or like, why are we here? <laughs> it was so funny. Like they did not like it at all. And we were quoting and high-fiving and just everyone's just sitting there. like, <laughs> And that just kind of, it, I don't know. I feel like this movie is almost like a litmus test for me. Like if you think Definitely. this movie is funny. I automatically know we can talk and yeah. hang out and we're going to connect. Um, it's just one of those films. And so I, I honestly have lost count how many times I've seen this. I don't oh, yeah. think I see it necessarily once a month, but I mean, I've seen it millions of times. And uh, I think uh, it was a couple years ago, we uh, saw it at Alamo and they had these little drink cards and it was like really fun. I think they gave us like little envelopes. And that's awesome. If yeah, if you get a chance, you know, seeing it with a group of people in the theater is really fun because obviously, like, I did not see this when it came out because when it came out, I would have been too young. Right. Uh, but uh, also, a couple years ago, uh, my job gets really into Halloween. And a couple years ago, I was in a group where we picked Clue. Oh, that's And awesome. I was so excited. But, you know, everyone started picking their characters. And, of course, I was like, well, I want to be Madeline Kahn. Like, she's right. my, you know, <laughs> Mrs. White, is she, or she's the best in the movie. And the, the girl that was kind of in charge of our group was like, you know, I really don't like that movie. Oh, and I was like, no. 
what? And I was like, well, you know, I'm just sitting here trying to like fathom someone not liking this movie. And I'm like, right. well, why not? And I think I don't rem- I don't remember if this was it for sure, but I feel like, sh- you know, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit. This movie sure. is kind of it, it is kind of it's like very mildly raunchy. Oh, definitely. Um, but it's like it's it, in such a way that as a kid, you could watch it and not really understand what was happening. But it really makes sense as an adult. And so she didn't see it till she was an adult. And she just found some of the humor, I guess, offensive. Okay. And I was like, oh, OK. She, so she was like, let's just be the little pieces. And I was like, huh. And so okay. she's like, so since you're Mrs. White, like we're all white and I'm going to wear purple and you're, you know, they're going to wear whatever. And I was like, cool. And I just did it anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went I home and you. I got my bob wig and I put a black dress on. And I just, I just did it anyway. I was like, yeah, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't pass this up. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, but uh, that was, I think, I think our little group won at our, our work that year. We even had like, we tried to make like little rooms. We all had our weapons. It was pretty That's fun. awesome. Yeah, it's like the perfect Halloween costume. Well, Lizzie so. and I have been talking for forever. We want to host a Halloween party where everybody has to come as clue people. And that like, would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to like figure it out or something like that. It's going to take a while to plan, but we've been that's something we want to do for a while. It's just me figuring out like I know she wants to go as Madeline Kahn too because Madeline Kahn's her favorite. I also think she would make a really good uh, Mrs. Peacock. Um, nice. Yeah, because she's also one of our favorites. Um, and then the, like, I don't know, I kind of want to do like Wadsworth, Tim Curry's my favorite, but I also love Christopher Lloyd as yes. Professor Plum. So like, <laughs> that would be who else I would want to be. And, but I, I do get it, I guess, um, with the, should we just talk about, I guess the, the raunchiness of it? I feel like we it? should. Sure, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I could, I could see how some people could sort, especially in the sort of climate we, we live in nowadays. Yeah. I, could, I could definitely see how some people can go through but the only thing i would tell them and not tell them to keep in mind but you know just maybe push it their way is just like hey look this is a movie that was shot in the 80s that was supposed to be representing itself in the 50s exactly yes doing that like that's that sort of it, it was just as more i guess a little bit universally accepted back then but it's also i feel like it's not hidden or slid in the movie in a way that's supposed to be like you're not really supposed to notice it it's not subtle at all it's like everything that they do with it like we were just talking about with the professor plum um mrs white scene where they take you know little things of the photographs and um even aside from that like when every time a vet goes near professor plum or like there's just more there's certain characters who are more prone to do so um definitely Professor Plum is um <laughs> he's the worst he's want, the offender, worst yeah. one definitely <laughs> and then Colonel Mustard would be I would say the second and aside from that um you get Mr. Green who I oh my god what's his uh Michael McKeon I love mm-hmm. him too um really everybody is it's just great but I think it's you mainly get it from that and then you get some of the um uh, like a vet who's supposed to be overly sexualized on the female side um even Miss Scarlet to a degree uh, sure. Just based on her profession. But when it comes time to certain things, you could tell she's still like, you know, just because I run this doesn't mean I'm not a lady. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like you could still sort of treat me with respect. But the thing that's sort of interesting is like as overtly gross as I find Professor Plum sometime, he also is like a he's a gentleman in a way, which is <laughs> yeah. weird. You're like, you're a creepy gentleman. I don't get how you could like tote that line. But it's something that doesn't bother me. But I could definitely see how it how, it would bother some people, but the other thing I would just 
keep in mind is like, look, this movie is a satire. There's no no drama in it. Like, be aware of that going into it. And if it's something that obviously, you know, you can't take, then I would just suggest not watching the movie because it's it's I don't know, it's in it the entire time you're in there for the most part. So, yeah. And I and I think, you know, she I don't uh, she she didn't watch a ton of movies. The person that said that. Right. And I would also say that these people this cast it's they're heavyweights and oh they're my gosh yeah extremely funny people and so i feel like some of the characters like professor plum or madeline khan it's like they're in on their own joke in the same way that like when you see like a uh, young frankenstein or oh, something yes. there's a bunch of jokes in that movie too and there's like sort of i guess you could say power dynamics in those in that film but everybody is like a veteran comedian and they're all sort of performing and telling their joke. Yep. So I never took it seriously. I never, even as a kid, I could kind of tell, you know, right. this is just a comedy to me. And then as I get older, yeah, like I, I can't really, un- I don't really understand the the being offended by it part just because they're making fun of that. It's not right. like they're saying, Hey, this is great. You know, like it's yeah. fine that professor plum is a creep. It's funny, you know? And uh, the, the comebacks and the one-liners, the, the way they play off each other, that's where all the comedy comes from. And right. a lot of it's situational, but it's also what they're saying. And I don't know. Yeah, I think I think maybe, you know, I hate to say this because this is like the ultimate kind of douchey thing to say, but like I yeah. I, I felt like maybe they don't understand it or, you know, uh, you know it's I, the worst. I would agree with they that. Don't, they don't get it. They yeah. just don't get it. <laughs> I think they don't but, get yeah. the context that it's all, yeah. you know, set in, which like you said is – is important is an important aspect of it and it's just like something when you sit down with other people too like i don't know i think maybe because like you you've been so infatuated with films from such a young age like you you know in a sense like how to do character analysis you can like break things down a little bit i would even say you know since it's something that you've been seeing so for so long like it's something that's been so interesting to you like it's something that you just overtly pick up on it's the same way with like music with me i guess when i was younger um was just like i was drawn to guitar so i would focus on guitar more in songs than i would on other things so it's like and then eventually when i got to um acting and stuff in high school that's when it sort of really opened my mind into like understanding okay well there's a category so this movie's not a drama this again it's a satire and when you go in and, and you watch this thing you you have to know that like the way things are blocked or the way that you know lines are written or jokes are set up like that's supposed to be deliberate it's not something that's supposed to just sort of come apart you know come along in the movie and it's one part you find you know either humorous or something along those lines i, I guess what i'm trying to say in a sense is like you and a lot of don't have like the background to really understand like how big of a satire it is because like right. what they're used yeah. to in a way are sort of like because the, even the people in this movie like you talked about their heavyweights but they also have like a very subtle way of going about humor and in particular dry humor i feel like dry humor yes. is definitely um something you need to acquaint yourself you either- with yeah, you either appreciate it or you don't. Or you and don't. humor is extremely uh, subjective. Correct. You know, not everyone finds the same things funny. And I think that's why reactions to this movie can be mixed. Yes. You know, the people that think it's funny think it's in- extremely funny. And then other people are like, I-, I didn't really get this movie. I didn't really like the characters. And it's. I think it is having that sense of humor. If you love dry humor, then you will like this movie. Right. If not, well, you know, it's 
it's uh whatever the runtime is an hour and a half of that or two hours oh, exactly <laughs> you, know? Get, you know get ready for it or shut it off like right i had the same experience you did when you were uh younger and, and you and your friend were watching this my sister and my mom uh were out here in pittsburgh and they were staying with lizzie and i and we were like oh my god you guys should watch clue with us because we we're like everybody loves this movie there's no way you guys are not gonna watch and like my what i should have thought of is like and I mean this in the nicest way possible, like Jillian, I love you, but my sister has no personality. And so like, <laughs> she can't like, <laughs> I guess in the sense that like Jillian doesn't find some, when Jillian doesn't find something funny, it's like just really not funny. And so like, you're looking at her and you're like, <laughs> okay, the, I'm just going to shut this off. Cause like you two aren't apparently digging all that much. My mom falls asleep in every movie suit she's in. So like Lizzie and I were sitting there, <laughs> we're laughing our asses off and we look over and Jillian's sort of like halfway falling asleep. My mom's already asleep and I'm like, all right, yeah, screw this. We're just going to, let's just keep it on. <laughs> let's let them sleep. We'll just keep it on and keep watching it. But it was, it's just funny. It's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, you just don't have the sense of humor, I guess, for it or the understanding of what it's supposed to be rather than, you know, what you're actually sort of taking it in to be. Yeah. Cause I've seen, you know, I, I mentioned on Twitter, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes and the score for this movie is like, 59% and then audience score is 86%. Yeah. And I'm and uh you know that's that shocked me. I think growing up I assumed that everyone loved this movie and it's like 100%. Right. I mean really like I, I I that's what I assumed. And so when I read that and I read breakdowns or I I've, I've watched a couple like videos where people review the movie, it does seem like the the times that people don't like it, it's because, you know, they mention, I don't really like the mystery. Right. It doesn't really all add up. We didn't get enough clues. And you're like, huh? Like, did I, you guys I watch never... the same movie as I did? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just funny. I, I never sat around and analyzed, you know, do all these clues add up? I just thought it's hilarious. Right. And everything that happens in the movie is just a setup for a joke, pretty much. Yeah, so, Absolutely. And and at the same time, it's extremely entertaining, which I mean, you know, there could be another version of this movie that's that's I don't know, maybe plays it safe, doesn't have as many, you know, shock factor moments. Right. But um, and even like I, I saw a criticism that like, you know, they don't even all get picked off. They all live through it. And it's like, well, you want them to so bad because as terrible as these people are, you're like in love with them in the film. Yeah. And so I don't really want them to die. No. And I think that if they did, it would affect how much I like the movie. So I, for me, everything is sort of in the right place in this film. Right. But I, again, that's subjective. So I understand that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you, have you ever like because Lizzie and I have done this. We've seen it so many times. Have you ever sat down to like figure out if all the endings like actually work or not? Oh, no. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Because I uh, – oh, let me uh, let me talk about the uh, – I guess the synopsis sure, really quick. Sure, As it. if if you're at this point in the show, you're probably like, well, you guys are past that point, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> it's literally just one line. So if you haven't seen this movie before, basically six guests are invited to a strange house and they have to cooperate with the staff to solve a murder mystery and also try not to die in the process. Yep. And that's pretty much the setup of the movie. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like, you know, it's based on the board game, which is weird, you know, to, to try to base a movie on a board game. Right. Um, seems like it wouldn't work, but it does. And uh, I think, you know, it's like you're kind of wondering in the beginning, what is this all going to lead to? How are they going to get there? If you've played the game, and I'm sure most people have, you recognize all the the people are the pieces, you know, mm -hmm. and how is that going to play out? Um, and and you've, we've kind of touched on already that what's neat about this movie is it has multiple endings yes. uh, at the end. And 
I think one reason why it may not have been received super well in theaters is I was reading that, uh, you know, they showed a different ending depending on which showing you went to yes. in different theaters, which I think, yeah, in retrospect, I think that's a terrible idea right? because I think <laughs> the ending is my favorite part of the movie. I think yeah. as a kid, you know, I was on board the whole movie and thought it was funny. But then at the end when they did, well, what if it happened this way? Well, what if it happened that way? Well, this is what really happened. I mean, that was like, I think when we got to the end of that movie, the first time I saw it, that's when I knew in my mind, like, this is going to become one of my favorite films. Yeah. Like, I, I just love that idea so much. Um, and so now I think when they aired it on TV, it, they aired it with all the endings. And I think that's when it started to really pick up its like cult status yeah. where people started to view the movie differently. But man, it would be such a different film if I saw this, saw one of the endings and it just ended because it sort of undercuts the humor of it. You know, the whole movie was funny and then they show you one of the three endings and they're not as funny. Right. And like somebody is a murderer and then you're just like, oh, okay. well, that got dark. That's quick. hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so I, I, I can, I kind of think that contributed to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, if you guys have heard of this movie, it's like you're in one camp or the other. It's kind of like the big Lebowski where you either like love it and un totally get it. Or you're like, oh gosh, people talk about that movie too much. Yeah. So, I mean, since then it's developed this huge cult following. And I think a lot of that has to do, like I said, with that ending. And then also just like with the cast itself, it has a lot of, you know, nerdy favorites uh, that are in in other movies but for sure but yeah yeah no it, it definitely is one of those things that like if you get just one of the endings and depending upon which ending it is you're like oh wait wait what because then you like you <laughs> think about like the rest of the movie and like how depending upon where they go for the ending and you're like wait a second that like because then you start thinking about back to like the movie beforehand you start to think like well, now I got to see it. Now I got to see it again to see if this all works. I don't want to do that, you know, or you're the type of <laughs> yeah. person who it would be like, I feel like if I were like, and I had read in like a newspaper that there were multiple different endings, I'd, I'd be like, all right, well, which theater are the other endings at? Cause I'll go watch this movie again and watch the other endings. But then again, it's also like, well, shit, I really have to go buy three movie tickets and I have to go like watch this movie three times to find out like the different endings. Like I think for some people it's just like, okay, like, yeah, I'm into it. And other people are like, just spoon feed it to me. Just give it to me. I don't want to, I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> You're like, I get it. But yeah. yeah, there was actually supposed to be more from what I was reading in like the trivia and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's supposed to be more endings than what we got initially. There was supposed to be one for every character actually, which is kind of crazy. Oh, wow. And then they decided yeah. that um, the runtime would have been instead of an hour and a half, it would have been two and a half hours. So, oh gosh, <laughs> yeah, the director <laughs> was probably like, yeah, that's, that's probably not, not great. And then, uh, yeah, there's, I guess the, what, like the last ending was really wild too and dark. Like they did a lot of dark things with this movie that they wound up like wound up on the cutting room floor. So like, I honestly wouldn't mind if they released like a, however many year anniversary and be like, here's all the extra stuff. I'd be like, bring it on bring it at this point, yes. you know? So, yeah. uh, but no, there's actually, I think, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I think it, for some people it, it worked for them, but for other people and for a good majority of people, at least when it was in theaters, we're just like, yeah, huh? What? That, like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? <laughs> Cause it's like, yeah. you really don't get it unless you like go through and you can also like go back and look and see if things do wind up working out and so on and so forth. So it's, uh, 
it's definitely definitely interesting the fact that they shot three different endings and i think it's pretty cool that they did that too though like that they had the wherewithal to be like look one possibility like there could be endless possibilities for this because in when you play the board game there's also endless possibility so it's like you know we want to shoot this in however many ways we can and i think that it's a it's a great homage to the board game while also in its like being its own thing by itself too so um a lot of really cool, interesting facts about the movie and stuff like that. But that's one of the things I love about it is the alternate endings. Uh, and then when it was presented to like, because I remember sitting there with my friends and you get the first ending and you're like, oh, that's that's pretty interesting. And then it cuts to the title card and it's like, but this is also how it could have ended. And you're like, oh, wait, there's more? <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I'll take yeah. it. So uh, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it too because you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. I can chew on this for a little while. Well, and I think like that sort of frenetic ending with Tim Curry running all over the place and explaining everything, it sort of plays into the movie because I feel that the the energy in the film sort of ratchets up the whole movie, you know, where people go, what's going on? Why is this happening? Oh, that guy's dead. Oh, she's dead. Oh, no. And then this sort of, you know, Tim Curry's like, well, guess how this all happened? And then he's like running around explaining it like that plays into I think like the vibe of the film, which would definitely be undercut by only seeing one of them. Definitely. Cause it's sort of like the whole movie, everyone's so surprised by everything and confused and going in, you know, all these doors and, you know, it's like, I don't know. It just really plays into that. Uh, you know, it would be a very different movie without Tim Curry as Wadsworth specifically, because I feel like he's kind of subdued most of the film. And then at the last like 20 minutes, he just goes, nuts and it's so fun to watch like it's like you have to be the kind of person that could carry that and he does it so he's just like he's a master of his craft and i think you really sort of you you get it because like it like this is where i guess we can maybe one of the things that bothers me about this movie it's like like the only thing that bothers me to be honest with you is leaving like is the only person and only thing about this movie that bothers me (laughs) Because it's like, it seems like his ADR is a little bit off, you know? Yeah. There's like certain moments yeah. where he's like, this is a hoax. I suggest we all leave. You're like, whoa, like that doesn't even look like you're <laughs> saying it right. Or like, it doesn't sound <laughs> right. And then even when he comes in, you're like, yeah, he's supposed, he's creepy. And I get like, that's supposed to like be the vibe he gives off. But even like holding up against the other actors, you're like, yeah, when it, I'm just under, I'm just underwhelmed by when he's on screen compared to most of you know, the other people. And like, I, I guess that makes his, uh, his name, the body. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Body kind of makes sense. Oh, though. absolutely. <laughs> and it's, but it's definitely a dead giveaway that like, you're like, mm. like even as a kid, when they're like, this is him, he's the, you right. know, I was always like, is it? Cause he seems like a chauffeur. Or something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, seem like the main well, guy. And another, he doesn't have that. Presence. And another thing I learned was actually during like doing some like fun trivia for this was that, He's actually not even like really. He was actually the front man for a punk rock band. Um, the Fear. Yeah, I saw that. And so I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, but it's to me, it's such a drastic change from everybody else who's in the room with him that you're like, and I think it's also part of like my theatrical, like my acting de- like degree to a sense. I was a ta for a while in acting classes so like i break down scenes like when people are engaged when they're not engaged like i'm always not necessarily Mm -hmm. even just looking at certain people on the screen but people in the background and stuff too and um always just checking to see who's in it who's out of it and that's one of the things i love about this movie and for people like you talked about earlier like madeline khan 
like you can see in like certain aspects of the movie with whether it's like she's having one of her freak out moments or like the moment you can decide like I don't know, Lizzie and I think she falls in love with Wadsworth during out like through this whole thing. And like there are certain moments <laughs> where like you're watching her and she's even engaged in the background. Like even when like somebody else is talking, you can tell she doesn't like him. She's like making like a strangle and sign at him and like doing certain <laughs> things. And like he just sort of seems a little checked out. So like that's the only thing is when he has his 15 minutes in the movie where he's actually involved. You're like, OK, I could I could do without this for for a little while but i think you're right in that like tim curry if tim curry was not in this movie um like i just who else would play wadsworth like i'm just trying to think about it and it's just like it's the same way i think about like hercule hercule poirot like i, I don't see anybody but david Suchet as like mm-hmm. you know hercule so that for me is one thing and on top of everything else is just like you said in that last 20 minutes is just gold like when he's because i think it plays with the audience as well too and that's why it works so well because up to that point you're like you're trying to figure things out too and then when he's recapping it and they're like get on with it you know and they all start shouting at him and they're like come on let's go and he's like this you were sitting here and this one was here and this one was here and they're like get on with it he's like i'm getting (laughs) on with it i'm going i'm going just hang on with me hang on with me a little bit longer i feel like some some of the audience members like feel that way as well so you're like right okay yep we're getting there and he's just like starting to go with it and you're like oh but i want more and he's just like i'm getting to it and you're like but it's not fast enough where he's like long story short and they all go <laughs> too late things like that where you're like oh that it was just written in there perfectly so um i agree it's yeah. just like i think it plays along with the audience well too and uh really works for people like us who get like fully invested in it and you're just like you just want to figure out what's going on but you're also in there you know in the ride on the ride with the rest of these characters as well which are just each played so well by all the people who were cast to do their jobs. So, um, you know, but now that I like think about it too, I also can't see anybody other than leaving being in this movie. I know it's just ingrained in your mind. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where you could just, you could talk about like the characterizations forever. Um, did you know this? I, I mean, you did the research on it too. Did you see the fun fact about Miss Scarlet? And who was originally supposed to play Miss Scarlet? Yes. You, Carrie Fisher. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But I could totally see that. Oh, I mean, she. So this was uh, directed and written by Jonathan Lynn, who did My Cousin Vinny, and also was written by John Landis, who directed Blues Brothers. Correct. Yeah, I think that's who it that's was. That's nuts. Yeah, let me, uh, let me double check. I, I was getting kind of like they have they kind of both worked on different things a lot. So, yeah. Directed Blues Blues Brothers. And, you know, Carrie Fisher was in Blues Brothers. Um, and that's another one of my favorite films ever. Uh, <laughs> so I could totally see, you know, him thinking like, oh, she'd be good for this. And I think I, I had read that, you know, Jonathan Lynn hadn't directed anything else before. Uh, he just, you know, wrote stuff. Nuts. Uh, yeah, and and I think he did such an amazing job and I but I also think like the script is probably I, I would say like the script and the actors are the the stars yes. here. Um it, it's surprising to read that a lot of it was not improved because the whole movie sort of feels improv, but then when you hear that, you know, uh they wrote Blues Brothers and that kind of makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Cuz it's like, you know, that movie is so funny and so witty and uh and yeah, you can totally see that. Um but I, I think that that's a, a big part of it. Just the jokes are so rapid fire and everyone's like at the top of their game the whole movie. But yeah, I could totally imagine uh, Miss Scarlet be, being her. But but man, Leslie Ann Warren just oh, she kills she it. Nails it. 
kills it. Like <laughs> I, when I read that yesterday, I was like, whoa, that would have been crazy. <laughs> but then like thinking about it, I'm like, I could see her in it. But like by the same token, I also am like, I would as much as I would love to see Carrie Fisher in it, like I also don't know if at the time I mean, they're all heavyweights, like you said, so I don't think she would necessarily drown anybody out in the room, but, like, actually knowing, like, looking back on it and now, like, everything that's happened since then, like, you would go back and watch it and be like, maybe Carrie Fisher would stick out a little bit or maybe she wouldn't. I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, everything works out for, like, a reason, and I guess, like, you know, this is one of those things where it's just, like, everything went the way that it should have, and that was – it's interesting to see when things like that happen with certain films. So. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I think if it was Carrie Fisher, I think that Mrs. Scarlet would have been played pretty differently or Miss Scarlet. Like, I think it would have been, uh, kind of like her performance in blues brothers. It would have, or even star Wars really, but it would have been a lot more sarcasm, a lot drier, a lot, maybe like more bitter, I guess you could say. Whereas I feel that the way Leslie Ann Warren plays it, like, first of all, she's, a bombshell and just looks like uh, she's one of those people that like she's so beautiful but so funny it's like you almost can't imagine those two things happening at the same time and so i feel like she sort of embodies that like tall curvy you know bombshell madam in a way that i'm not sure would be the same uh vibe with uh carrie fisher so i don't know i i I yeah it's like like you keep saying, it's hard to imagine anybody else being different. The cast just sort of worked in this movie really well. But um, but yeah, I, did, I think it would have been a completely different character. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think what you said is like, it actually stick, it, it pokes so well throughout the whole movie too. Like, because I don't think any of the characters like, and, and I think it's something that sort of plays a little bit. I mean, obviously they had some rehearsal process and stuff, but like it was actually pretty close to the day like, before they started shooting when they replaced Carrie Fisher. It was like four days before they started shooting. Oh, wow. So it was like crazy in that sense that like, I don't think that they got a lot of time with Miss Scarlet, but it like thinking about that and actually like watching the movie again, I think what you said is correct. Like, I think people anticipated her to not necessarily be as like, I don't know, to be more of the bombshell than she is like educated and also like commands your respect and attention while she's in the room as well. And like, I think you can mm-hmm. definitely pick that up in certain points of, the movie like when it comes to like her confessing about like what she actually you know what she does do for a living on um, and right you know yeah. even when she's talking with professor plum you know in the car about like i don't know it's just nice because whenever she's on screen too you like you she commands a presence and i think that like yeah she really carrie does. fisher would have been the same way but i think you're right in that like it just it might have been a little bit more maybe cynical whereas like this Miss Scarlet almost she just embraces it to a degree. She's like, I, I'm, right. I am who I am, and whether you guys like it or not, that's who I am. I'm not going to change for anybody anybody in this room. So um, I, I definitely love that aspect of it, and sort of going off of that, like to the rest of the cast, like it, what can you say about their chemistry? Like the entire cast is yeah. so good. You're just like, man, it just seems like they enjoyed. I don't know everything that they did, like being on set with one another and that everybody for the most part enjoyed one another um, with the exception of Madeline Kahn and, and Miss Peacock. Like aside from that. Oh, really? Yeah, they were they were <laughs> allegedly really good friends before this happened. And then um, oh, no. Eileen Brennan 
uh, faced a struggle, I believe, with prescription pills. And when mm. she did that, she had to go into to rehab. And so her and Madeline Kahn's connection got a little cut off of that. And then when they filmed the movie, like they didn't speak much during and then after the movie because Eileen Brennan and she brought it up in an interview thought that like maybe Madeline Kahn was nervous to bring up the addiction side of things. What she did yeah. yeah. And so I think that that kind of killed their relationship a little bit, but it's, it's in that sad to hear from the outside perspective of things, but you would never guess that watching the movie, you would think like, Oh my God, all these people after they get done shooting this, it reminds me very much of a play. Like they're going to go out and they're going to have a drink mm-hmm. and, you know, and celebrate and enjoy. Like that's what I get from this group of people is that they all really enjoyed being around one another. Um, playing off of each other even if that's like being around each other is not something they enjoyed you could definitely tell they liked working with one another and that they respected Mm -hmm. one another because in their room like i don't know at least for me like i could sort of tell when people really enjoy playing off each other they have good timing everybody's beats are like perfect there's nothing that's ever too long or like too short and nobody's afraid to sort of continue to do what they're doing even if they're like in the background and it's like Mrs. White making like that little, you know, like the strangling face at somebody or like Mrs. Peacock, like fixing her headdress or something along those lines. Like you could just tell like everybody is <laughs> yeah. perfectly comfortable with everybody else who's in the room, even when the other person's um, speaking at that point. And it's just like it, it's one of the things that I really, truly enjoy watching um, is just when you can tell that the whole cast really got along with one another and, and we're all in it. Like a hundred percent, there wasn't one person who wasn't committed, and I think that that really makes a movie like it can either make or break a movie like this. Like it could either make this movie really stale, or it can make it the way that it is and has grown to be. And I think that it was just everything about it was just spot on. Well, I think there could be a version of this movie where there's a couple really funny people and then a few straight men. Yeah. <laughs> and this is one of the few movies that's like this where literally ev- there's no straight man in the movie. Right. Like, you know, it, everybody is incredibly hilarious. And I think that that could be too big. You know, you might see a movie like that and feel exhausted, like everyone's sort of trying to outdo each right. other. But instead of that, it's like you're saying, they're actually using that to their advantage. Everybody gets their own moment where you feel like it's almost like sketch comedy, the way that they're playing off of each Very other. Very much so. Uh, and yeah. And, and, you know, when I read that, you know, the guys that did Blues Brothers, I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense why, you know, this movie has that sketch comedy feel. And it's just so funny. And like you said, timing, I, it's not, I don't think that's something you can really teach. Um, Maybe it's something you can learn, but every, every single person, no matter how they look or what age they are, or you know what I mean? Like appearances can be deceiving, but every single actor in this movie, I feel like has really good timing. They never are given a line and you feel like, like they're just, okay, we'll give that line to that person because they're not as good at, you know, comedy. We just need that person to fill in this piece. It's like, everybody is actually very very funny and so i I think yeah i mean i really think like i keep going back to it and harping on it but i feel like that is the big success of this film is just they got lucky with everybody being so funny and getting along so well and like these characters should be extremely unlikable i mean you know mrs (laughs) mrs peacock and her you know corrupt political stuff and mrs white is literally a murderer (laughs) and then whereas professor plum is a creep and then uh, you know, poor Mr. Green didn't do anything wrong, but they touch on that. And I feel like that's another thing I've, you know, I've heard like um, the jokes about, uh, you know, homosexuality don't play well, but 
I, again, I think you have, it's like what you said earlier, this is filmed in the eighties, but set in the fifties. So I think that it's a, a meta awareness of yes. that. And, and I feel like it's supposed to be ironic. Like he's like, literally all I did is just be gay. And yet I'm in this room with like murderers yeah, and stuff, you know, good point. like, I feel like that's supposed to be ironic. And then, you know, Colonel Mustard and uh, his war profiteering yep. and, you know, Miss Scarlet and her secrets. And then uh, Yvette wasn't really that bad, I guess. But, you know, these people should be very unlikable and yet you love them and you don't want any of them to die. And at the end, even though they, they're all going to like go away forever, probably or whatever. It's like, I'm just glad they're not yeah, dead. <laughs> definitely. I would I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. And that's like one of the big things throughout the movie. It's like you are waiting essentially for one of these people to sort of be picked off. And that's just unfortunately everybody else that comes into play with them throughout the evening um winds up i don't know uh in a very precarious situation uh where they're no longer around anymore so um but even like (laughs) those people are are great like i can't imagine really anybody else playing those parts either like it was all pretty neat though only other thing that i will mention though is like that driver whose car gets all screwed up how did you drive that up there, mm-hmm. man? Like, how did you not see that rock that you were going up or whatever it is? He's like, my car right. broke down. It's like, no, buddy, you drove up a boulder. Like, I don't know where you were anticipating <laughs> going, but like your car's pretty screwed. So, um, but yeah. aside from that, no, it's all, it, it, it's just, it's just fantastic. Like everybody plays off each other yeah. so well. Now I know I've uh, really screwed up your structure here, so I will let you, Not at I'll all. Say, I'll let you get back to it a little bit. So um, all I was going to say, since we've kind of touched on most of the actors and we could kind of bring them up a little bit more, let's talk about just some of your favorite scenes. Because I mean, I, don't, I mean, if you want, we can go chronologically, but I almost feel like maybe just pick a few favorites and sure. we'll just kind of dive in that way. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I mean, I'm going to go with this one first because it's the biggest one. Um, at least one of my favorite moments is uh, Madeline Kahn when she uh, there's a couple of moments of hers that I really enjoy one um, when she her her entrance of course beautiful when she said you know you're supposed to go by Mrs. White and he's she's like yes but I have no idea why and then she opens up her coat and it's like this beautiful white against all this dark black <laughs> she's got going on um, everybody's entrance for that matter after uh, Wattsworth steps in the dog crap, I think is funny. Um, it's a <laughs> yeah. nice little joke that goes here and there. Um, but the biggest one for me is the Madeline Kahn flames mini, mo- uh, mini monologue when she's yes. asked about, I think it's a vet and, yes. um, and she just does like the, you know, flames, flames on the side of my face. Like you had mentioned earlier, um, a lot of this wasn't ad libbed and, but actually that line for her was, and it's yeah. funny because you can see when she starts talking about it and she gets interrupted. I can't remember who who by, but they like sort of walk in front of her a little bit. You can see in the background even she's like she's got her eyes closed and she's got her hands up next to her face. And she's doing like this like this breathing <laughs> thing where she's like coming down from it. Um, but I, that's definitely, you know, when everything is admitted after dinner um, is my fa- is probably one of my favorite scenes for sure, because um, you get to learn. A little bit about everybody. Everybody comes out of their shell a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really like hard to to say because a lot of the scenes are are so spectacular. But um, I would say definitely that Madeline, for the most part, any scene that Madeline Kahn is in. Um, oh, and how could you not pick the drawing of the matches 
Um, when they all get <laughs> yeah. paired up is great, uh, especially because what they all say to the people before that, like Tim Curry, nobody would be alone with you. He says to Mrs. White, no man in his right mind would be alone with you. He gets matched up with Mrs. White. Um, right. Mr. Green, after that's like, um, I'm afraid of the dog. Like, I don't want to go upstairs. And he, you know, and she's like, will anybody join me? And of course it's Professor Plum and Colonel Mustard that are like, I will. Mr. Green goes, no, thank you. He gets paired up with her and he goes upstairs. <laughs> and then you get, um, who is Miss Scarlet and Colonel Mustard. You could tell really don't like each other from the very beginning. And then, mm-hmm. um, I love this line when Professor Plum, he like, as he has his match, he's walking around to everybody, and then he walks up to Yvette's, and he, like, puts it next to hers. You could see it's, hers is gigantic. His is tiny. And then he walks <laughs> over to Mrs., uh, Mrs. White, and he just goes, it's you and me, honey bunch. Like, I love that <laughs> moment. Like, that to me is hilarious. So those are just a few right off the top of, the, uh, top of my head. But definitely anything that Mrs. White, um, Professor Plum, or Wadsworth is involved with, is, I'm, I'm a huge fan of. So, um yeah, I would say that those moments stick out for sure for me. Uh, the dinner scene, I think, is as quick as it is, too, I think is also really important. It's sort of where you learn about everybody and that certain people know mm-hmm. who certain people are and other people know. Like, to Mr. Green, when he, like, tells Mrs. White, like, and she's like, he's like, I know who you are. And she's like, how do you know who I am? I'm like, ugh, what are you doing, guy? You're almost you're blowing your cover. Like, knowing what we right. know about him, it, you're just like, ugh. You almost shot yourself in the foot there, buddy. Um, the chandelier scene, too, is great. I love. Yes. Um, <laughs> what does he say? He's like, um, I can't take any more frights or I can't take any more surprises. And then that. Yeah, he's like, why are you shooting at us? Because <laughs> she, she she has to shoot to open the door. And he's like, I've been shot. I've been shot. And he like walks out. And he's just like, this is all nonsense. I can't take this anymore. I can't take any more scares. And the thing just oh, yeah. <laughs> it shatters, which I thought was great. And what I also thought was great about that moment, too, is when the police officer comes and he's like, why are you guys all shaking up? And Tim Curry goes, you know, the chandelier just fell. We almost all just died in that moment. But, yeah, that could be why. And I was like, that's actually a pretty good cover. I could yeah. sort of see how they play that <laughs> off well. But I don't think you can go wrong with really any scene in this movie, I think they're all pretty darn spectacular. Like I said, I think the leaving stuff for me would be at the bottom of the list. But aside from that, it's just I, I enjoyed every every moment that the camera's on. And you would never know that this was this director's first like directing gig. Like I thought all his choices yeah. were pretty great. Um, and I also just am a sucker for like period pieces, too. So Same. it was the set, you know, the costumes, the blocking. um, all of that stuff just wound up working out perfectly. And I was very surprised to see that like, it wasn't an actual house that like they used a soundstage for the majority of it, which is. Oh, wow. I, I didn't read that. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, yeah, I, I guess it would have to be just because of all those little trap doors. Right. But, but I didn't get that sense. I mean, you don't watch this movie and feel like you're in a set. No, like, at all. not at all. You feel yeah. like you're right in that house. And like, I even tell Lizzie, I was like, oh my God, my dream would be to go to that house and just like walk <laughs> around. But actually the mansion they used for, I think it's the, I don't know if it's like the hall shot or, or whatever it is. They did use a mansion for one part of it. Um, and unfortunately that mansion actually burned down. So like you oh, can't no. go and visit it anymore. Uh, but that oh, definitely would have been a dream for me is to go see the clue house that would have been pretty nuts but um yeah I, I don't know i have a bunch of different do you have any scenes that you really like that stick out to you 
Well, you know, I I think all the all the little bits um, are just so clever and so funny and and come at the right time, even when it's not the dry humor like coming at like from coming from the script in the sense of dialogue. Right. But like, there's so many little tiny things that happen that I feel like I kind of forget about, and they're so silly and so dumb. But then when they happen, they're so funny. Um, one example that a friend reminded me of, and I was like, I don't remember that. And then when I was watching it, I was like, Oh my god, it's so funny. I love that scene where they're all the lights get turned out and they're all running around you know like frantically because they're like i'm about to die probably right. and uh and tim curry turns that handle and it's the shower yeah that's great <laughs> like i just love that part i mean it that's just such a small thing but it's it was so funny um even like scenes that i think would normally be kind of i feel like that the scene with the uh the cop um where he's like mind if i take a look around and they're like uh, go for it and then they all kind of run around to try to recover yeah. um, and pose all the bodies yep. um, that part's really funny which I feel like that part of the movie is sort of an eye roll moment or a groan that I would normally have in a film when they when they do something like that you're like oh it's gonna be really silly right. but they're it's just so effective and so funny yeah. that it, it's just good um, you know I, I think I already mentioned the multiple endings I, I had a question because you sure. mentioned this earlier you said have you ever gone back and made sure that the endings make sense yes. um, sounds like you have so can you we talk have. a little bit about that um, we have gone through and confirmed that all of the endings work the oh, the only nice. thing that's um, a little off and especially if you go by the third ending um, there's only one thing that really sort of doesn't make sense and that would be um, Spoiler alert, by the way, for anybody listening. Oh, yeah. Uh, since All we're going to talk about these endings for... here. Uh, yeah. The last <laughs> ending, when you find out that it's actually, um, you know, it is Wadsworth who's Mr. Bod, poisoning his, you know, right. posing as Mr. Body and stuff. Uh, the only murders that don't really make sense are when they split up again for the second time and Yvette comes downstairs. And because it's all triggered by Mrs. White screaming upstairs. Um, while the mm -hmm. lights are off. So like the lights get switched off. She finds the jack in the box and that's sort of what prompts her to start screaming. And when she does, you see that Yvette comes downstairs and she comes into like, I think it's the billiard room where she's like, mm -hmm. um, for the most part, they're like, do they know who you are? And she's like, they know every inch of my body and stuff like that. And she gets like <laughs> strangled to death while she's doing that. Like, I don't get how Mrs. White goes from upstairs to downstairs in that amount of time without her and Yvette crossing paths, not to mention mm -hmm. the fact that like, while that's going on, Mrs. Uh, Miss Scarlet is going in the other room to kill the police officer. And then technically Wadsworth comes downstairs and shoots the lady. And then they all right. have to go back to their respective rooms before running back downstairs before the lights get switched back on. That's the only one that sort of doesn't make sense, but the rest mm -hmm. of the endings all play out like perfect as to what they should be. So, the first ending is Miss Scarlet, I believe, is the one. Um, yes. And yeah. then the second one is Miss Peacock, actually. Mm -hmm. And then um, the third one would be Wadsworth. And funny thing about that is, like, they actually switched up some of the endings, too, because, like, at the end of um, with Miss Peacock, uh, you know how, like, she goes outside and the chief's there and he's like, oh, Mrs. Peacock. And, like, she turns and, like, he, like, points. He's like. I, what is it the day of vengeance has like come or something and he like points the gun, <laughs> yeah. the gun at her um originally he's supposed to shoot her at the end of that oh. um and it turns out that they thought like you know and when, when he goes over to wadsworth at the end and he's like don't worry wadsworth we got her like goes over lights up like a cigarette 
and you're supposed to see that they're supposed to be like a smoking gun when they turn the panel or they turn the camera. Mm. Um, you could see this in the actual movie too. There's still like some smoke coming up from somewhere. That's from the original take, but what they oh. edited in um, instead was Mrs. Peacock being dragged away saying, you know, like my husband's up or blah, 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 blah. When she's screaming in the background, um, that yeah. was re that was edited in over. It was supposed to pan and you were supposed to see her lying on the ground like shot from the guy gotcha so that was changed and then wadsworth was originally supposed to before he gets shot by mr green like he's supposed to um like try and i I gotta remember this correctly it's like something off of imdb but essentially he gets eaten by his dogs like that are (laughs) yeah that's how it's supposed to end originally oh my god which is nuts (laughs) where like he goes out and he tries to escape from the people like from the um you know, the chief and stuff like that. And then he actually runs and uh, winds up getting eaten by his dogs. But that was considered too dark, which I agree with. I thought the way that it ended was, you know, perfect with Mr. Green exposing him and all that stuff. But yeah, we went through one night and we had a couple bottles of wine and we're like, let's, let's go ahead and watch this. Let's see if they all pan out and they work out and they do. Um, And they make sure that like during certain parts, like instead of just one character missing, you're like, Oh wait, there's two of them missing. And you're like, why is that? And then you're like, Mm. Oh, because of different endings. So in one ending, like one person committed one murder and different, um, the other person committed another murder. But then as you're going through and you're watching the movie, it sort of makes sense when they start like questioning them about it. Like we all know Miss Peacock kills the cook. And so when that happens right. and they're like, didn't you have the knife? Because she has like the weapon. Um, and mm-hmm. she's just like, um, I, I don't know. I set it down. And they're like, where'd you set that? She's like, I don't know. She starts like freaking out. Like you could start, you could tell at certain moments you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now that I know how this thing ends, like I could see you did that there and you did this here. Um, but mm-hmm. it's all, yeah, it all does pan out, which is pretty interesting. Uh, but that last one, like I said, is definitely the least plausible um, just considering how everything, you know, happens. And I, I don't know. I think that all those murders are like, it's nuts that they all happen, but like, it's kind of crazy that there's all these different ways that they could have happened as well. So, um, it's just, it's really cool. The fact that they were able to go in and sort of make sure that that for the most part is all sequential and works out for the most part. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I had read that Jonathan Lynn, that was the hardest part for him was he loved the setup. He loved the idea of all of them having, you know, been blackmailed and, you know, it's exciting and there's danger and there's death. And he, but he had a hard time, like, how do you wrap it up to where it's satisfying? Um, And I think that's why he did three endings. And it's sort of like a happy accident in the sense that that is a strength of the movie that I keep kind of going back to is that I feel like this movie lets you have your cake and eat it too. because. The the characters are so interesting that if it's almost like you don't want just one of them to be guilty, mm-hmm. um, you want that satisfying like, okay, who did it? And so when we get to see that with Miss Scarlet, I think the first time I watched it, I was like, that's cool. But in, in the back of my mind, I'm like, it could have been anybody. And they're all like really big personalities. Oh, yeah. and I'd almost like to see you know, more. And then, so they go, okay, well, what if Mrs. Peacock did it? Okay. What if, you know, Wadsworth did it, which I think is, it ends that way because that is the most satisfying one, but you get to kind of, everybody gets to have their big moment. This is why I did it. That's why I did this. And da da da. And like, I think because they all get that, it does make the whole ending overall just way more satisfying. Yeah. And I actually love to, um, I really love, uh, Michael McKeon's arc throughout the whole film too. Because yeah, he's yeah. the only one that really doesn't do 
anything in all cases. Um, he almost gets exposed mm-hmm. a lot and not to me- and like even some of the comedic timing things that like happens. Um, I forget the one where they're in the, I think they're in the study after dinner and they're going over the things that everybody does and he has to sit on the table and it breaks during like a pivotal moment. Like it's just one of those com- yeah. com- like comedic <laughs> things. Yeah. Where he's sitting against there and it's like, <laughs> um, ah, well, I don't know if it was like after Miss Scarlet admits something about like her house of young ladies that she writes or if it's the socialist thing, I think it's the socialists part. Um, yeah. Even then too, like those sorts of things are just funny. Like, you know what people consider to be off um like when miss peacock and they admit that professor plum is the one who like he'd slept with his student and then miss peacock's like oh and then tim curry's like are you making moral judgments and he goes over and talks about her accepting you know payments of bribery underneath you know in dirty toilet stalls and all that sort of things and um it just yeah it all works out really well but i love chris i love uh, michael mckeon like um, I I just think that the way that the movie ends for him too is perfect. Like, you know, he's like, I was going to yeah. expose you, and Wadsworth was like, Yeah, I know that, but I chose to ex- you know expose myself and blah blah blah. And I love when after he shoots Wadsworth, um, he sort of holds everybody else there. He's like, No, they're they're like, Who did it? And then they all are you know start saying he's like, They all did it. But if you want to know who killed Wa- killed Wadsworth, like I just think that the way it ends is perfect. You know, it was Mister Green in the hall with a revolver he goes gives it to his gun to him he goes now i'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife and then just like leaves yeah which is perfect <laughs> compared to like how much disdain and disgust he's got in the whole movie from being like a homosexual even when he comes out and admits what he did wrong i think was just funny because he's like you know i work for the state department and i'm a homosexual and you see why did you see tim curry roll his eyes and switches the paper he's like oh boy and then he's just like i feel no shame <laughs> You know, and then he goes to sit back down and he's like, thank you. And as soon as he sits down, Christopher Lloyd stands up and walks away from him. Oh, like, which is so ironic because he's such I a pervert. Know, right? Like, he's like, oh, how yeah. dare you? But it's OK for me to like. Be exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Funny. So, oh, yeah. That, it's just yeah. It's perfect. It, it, you know, and I, I think everybody's arc is just like mixes and matches really well. I just I, he's definitely one of my favorite, too. I think he's definitely an underrated part of this movie like when he has to show the police around the police officer around too and she's like why don't you show him around like i always feel like i think the way i think about him is like if i were to be anybody i would be mr green i guess like my personality wise he's kind of the audience yeah (laughs) so like i know that if i were in a situation like that and they'd be like yeah sure like we'll have somebody show you around like jordan go ahead and show him around i'd be like me like i would have the same reaction he would too or i'd be like yeah sure let's show him (laughs) the living room the dining room the ballroom (laughs) like yeah sure why not yeah um but (laughs) i I don't know i just think he i love his character and like we've talked about i mean we love all the characters but it's just like right you know i i think that there are certain ones that get a little you know too much praise and certain ones that don't have um enough and uh, ironically enough too which is funny is colleen camp who plays a vet was originally like a vet was supposed to go to somebody who had a little bit more notoriety like i think that they were i saw that they were trying to audition like madonna to be and like yeah. i can't remember some of the other people but colleen camp wanted it so bad she went into her audition in um a maid's outfit and the the thing that only made me shake my head a little bit for it was 
um when like the director was like yeah i, I want to sit there and tell you that her audition knocked everything out of the park but you know as much as i want to say that's the case it was also like she had the perfect build for it like she came in she had the build <laughs> for it and i was telling lizzie that yesterday and i felt bad i'm like ah, why did it just i don't know you think about it and you're like man as a man you're like sitting there and you're like come on guy you know really but <laughs> yeah. i mean i guess if you're going for the satirical aspect of things like i can see why he did it for certain aspects and i don't know it's just one of those things where you're like oh you just feel the guy stereotype right there man it just it, yeah it's like you could have just, you not, said just that. not said it i think we all know from watching the movie why she was chosen to be right. in the movie Exactly. But you didn't have to go like into she, it and say yeah. that. Like, but I, I guess part of me is like props for actually like admitting it. But then the other part of me is just like, yeah, well, we all know that. Like, especially living in the in the climate <laughs> we live in right now. So I just read it yesterday. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, it doesn't play as well today to no. read that. Like back then, you don't think about it, but now you're like, yeah, oh you, no. Ugh. But I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> but Colleen Camp, I mean, she is. Uh, I mean, that's one of the f- jokes. The first joke you see with her in the movie, it's like that outfit is so yep. ridiculous, and she's just so curvy and filling it out so well. It's like it's it's right. funny. Um, but then on top of that, she's yes. funny. So you know, he may say that it was just that, and certainly she's probably one of the curviest people I've seen in a made outfit. Um, but <laughs> but also she was funny. Right. I mean, if she wasn't funny and she was terrible, he wouldn't have casted well, her. Well, exactly. So. Her timing yeah, was I, perfect, I, yeah. like you said, too. Like, it, And for somebody that has that sort of part, like it could it could really be terrible. Like it could just be like yeah. horrible in the sense that they don't get the timing. They don't get any of that aspect. But like we talked about earlier, they just all play so well off each other. Like I would I would have loved to be a fly on the wall like during those rehearsal processes like just to right. see how that all yeah. played out um but yeah no it's just it, it's one of those things too we you, like it, it's funny how they're able to sort of also like i don't know play off of the ridiculous aspect of it you know like and they do they oh, do point sure. it out like we talked about our first conversation point like you know the raunchiness of it but it's like you know when mr when colonel muster gets He's the first one in there, and he says, "You know, get the colonel anything he needs within reason." That is, and then when Miss Peacock comes in, <laughs> and um, Yvette walks by her, you know, and she goes to give her a drink. What's the first thing Miss Peacock does? She looks right at her cleavage, and she's yes, because like, you're already doing that, but it makes it even funnier when it's exactly that her jaw drops. She's <laughs> like, just like nobody. Oh my gosh, are you serious? And then even when like they're at dinner and she's going to put Professor Plum's plate down, you're like, "Oh my god, Christopher Lloyd, just stick your face in there already. You're already close enough." You're yeah. like, geez, Louise. <laughs> like, I, I keep thinking about it. And I think, you know, while it is like raunchy, it's funny and stuff, but it also makes me like, I guess I sort of understand a little bit. It makes me slap my head like, oh, God. Like, we really <laughs> are just like, I don't know. It's a conversation for a different day and a different time, but it's just like, I don't know. It just really, fi- like, really highlights the stereotype of it all. And it's just like, I understand why there's a stereotype <laughs> yeah. now, you know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. I think she's, you know, she's got that like deer in headlights kind of look that sort of Bambi eyed yeah. uh, character, but then her lines are so good that, I mean, I, I remember even as a kid, you know, we would even quote her uh, love that part where they're like, how did you know that? And she just goes, I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we like uh, me and me and my friend care would say that all the time. Like she just, yeah, it's like everybody gets 
at least one or two really good lines in the movie. Some more than others, but her like I think she surprises you in the movie has a couple really. And good it's funny because she's like <laughs> she slips between like a French and a German accent, so it's like it's yeah, pretty, it's like does. really interesting that like because there's certain things like she's like. <laughs> Like you said, she's like, I was listening. Like, you're like, oh, okay. Do they really have like the hard V in there too? Like, which is pretty interesting. And then when she goes to grab like the gun, like of all the people to be like a sharpshooter, you're like, holy smokes, that's the sharpshooter. She's the one who shoots the door open. Like, okay. Like, that's pretty neat. And then when they question <laughs> her about like the weapon, she's like, I don't know. I would think that it was unlocked and I would break it open. And you're like, okay. That's like, that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I never thought about that as a kid. I always, as a child, I, I thought she was French because in my mind, like all maids right. are French, especially as a child. But uh, yeah, maybe she's Belgium. I, I don't know. I don't know. She's <laughs> definitely got a wonky accent <laughs> going, like going on going there. Through. But as we all know, yeah. it's a fake one. So, you know, it is. Yeah. Inconsistent. Yeah, exactly. But no, it, it's one of those things. It's just like winds up working out perfect. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, I guess the only other person on here we haven't really talked a whole lot about would be Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of Martin Mull? Cause sometimes when I watch this movie, like I like him. And then other times when I watch it, like I find myself falling, like he's one of those characters that sometimes like I watch him and I'm like, okay, like I get it. But I also don't know if that's just how the part was written or I don't know right. if it was like he was given certain direction on how to do certain things sometimes. But like there are certain times where you could tell he's like, he's got the joke coming up and he sort of prepares for it. Like physically, like I could sort of see it a little yeah. bit, like when he's got, um, oh, what, what the, what part is it? I'm trying to think of when he's like their safety in numbers, my dear. When he's like, you know, holds like the wrench and stuff, where like a vet's scared and they go in the room and they grab her, and he's like, you know, he's still holding on to the wrench at that point. He's like, their safety in numbers, my dear. And you're like, oh, come on, you could have done another take of that. You got it. Like I don't know, it's just. I'm also very picky, I guess, when it comes to certain things. And sometimes he does it for me. Sometimes he doesn't necessarily. I don't know. It's one of those things where maybe I'm a little bit more critical that way. (laughs) Well, I think he kind of got his start. He was a musician, right? I mean, that's what I, when I was reading about him, I think he, he he has been in other things, but I think he started as a, he wrote a song in like the seventies. Yeah, I think you're right. And like and the rest um, of the cast had all like at least some of them had all worked together on on other things too um so i mm-hmm. think that might you know play into the chemistry aspect that we were talking about earlier you know yeah but i mean i also think i think he's a character that as a kid i mean i was bored when he was on screen because he's not as big as all the other people but maybe uh, it's a good way to put it yeah but maybe as an adult i appreciate that there's got to be a couple people in the cast that aren't quite as big as the others and i mean when you're sharing screens with christopher lloyd tim curry and madeline khan like (laughs) yeah it's you know they're all chewing up the scenery like crazy um and and so maybe that's why he's a little bit more subdued but yeah i mean he's right we we talked about him less for a reason because he's not like your favorite watching it um well right yeah he yeah that i think that'd be a good way to put it yeah he definitely comes across as like nervous and yeah, sometimes I, I could see that either way. Like, are, is that because the character is nervous? Or like you said, is it sort of like he just doesn't have the same timing and the same experience that some of the other cast members do? Hadn't thought of it that way. Right. And I think that they're, like you said, I think it's a little, I think it's a mix of both because there is that sort of timid nature to him. Once, like when he's there by himself, you could tell he's like a little bit more assertive. Yeah. And then he's like in the room with 
um, with a vet. And then once Mrs. White shows up, you could sort of tell us when that timid nature like starts to show up and then everybody in the room starts appearing and he's kind of like, okay, I'm just going to kind of, you know, ride this out a little bit. But then once like the driver shows up, you know, and then he's like, this is war peacock. We got to split up. You know, you got to break a few eggs if you want to make an, what is it? You want to like, you got to break a few eggs if you want to make an omelet or something like that. And like, you could tell there are moments where he gets really assertive and other moments where, yeah, he's a little bit more like a little bit more nervous, like in the kitchen where he's like, and this is like the perfect example, I guess, is this line in the kitchen where he's standing in there and he talks like he's talking to Miss Scarlet about the killer. And he's like, well, if I was the killer, like I would kill you next. And you're like, that line just comes out weird, but it's also like, <laughs> is that his fault or is that the line's fault? You yeah. know? And then, cause everybody looks at him. He's like, Whoa, Whoa. Hey, I said, if, if, you know, and then that's when he sort of goes into a little bit like defense nervousness mode, but it's just the way that the lines delivered sometimes where I, I'm like, is that a, is that a character choice or is that like maybe just not necessarily having the same amount of experience under yeah. his belt huh, or, you know, what could that be? So, um, that's the only thing with sometimes, you know, I watch it and it doesn't bother me. And then other times I do. And it's just like, it also could just be an issue of me ha- having seen the movie too many times where you like, <laughs> you just, you get used to somebody's performance. And in that, you know, you like every time I watch Madeline Kahn, I always pick up something different. Right. But like, I feel like I've reached that sort of limit with Martin Mull to an extent, mm-hmm. like with his character. Um, and then every time I watch Miss Peacock, there's always something I'm picking up on, like whether it's them in the back doing something or something else. But like you said, I think it's also the character is a little bit more subdued and stuff as well, unless, you know, the role or the line calls for it at that point in time. Oh, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's something I haven't thought of, but I do think maybe, I mean, it would be interesting to go back and, and look at it under that lens. I think maybe he does kind of blend into the background a little bit for me. And uh, so maybe I just didn't pick up on that because I, I focus more on some of the other actors. Right. I hear you. And I'm the same exact way, which I think is, yeah, I think we're both like at the same point. It's just trying to nail down exactly what it is. You know, right. is it that is it the characterization or is it the actual, you know, maybe blocking or direction he was given to go ahead and, and do that sort of thing. But all, overall though, for not having a whole lot of experience, he did a damn good job enough right. to be a staple character where I really can't envision anybody else being a Colonel Mustard, you know? Yeah, no, so. exactly. And and like I was saying earlier, I think because he's working with such heavyweights, maybe it's good to have a couple people thrown in there. They're a little bit more subdued. For sure. So and he get yeah. he gets a couple of big moments, but yeah, like overall I, I agree. He he's his performance is a little bit different. Um Okay, so I know this is going to be really hard and I'm going to have a hard time doing it, but I got to ask, like, out of everybody, out of the entire cast, if you had to pick one character that's your favorite, would you say it's Madeline Kahn or would it be Wadsworth for you? Ooh, I, man, that is hard. I feel like a traitor, but I think I am going to go with Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he, he carries the movie in a, a pretty big way, especially at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you. I I would say, you know, not that I because the movie wouldn't be the same without Mrs. White either without Madeline Kahn yeah. in there as Mrs. White. But I think Tim Curry has to in order for the film to be successful, he's he's got to get through a lot of like the exposition of it. He's got to get through a lot of taking the characters from one place to another on this journey. And I think 
he navigates it so well that right. like he's because they're both two they're i think two of the most if not the most important characters in the movie itself so like sure. that's where it gets hard for me i like because my top three would be Wadsworth, Miss Peacock, and Mrs. White with a close fourth coming in with Professor Plum. But I think Tim Curry as Wadsworth would would take the cake for me. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think he's your guide the whole movie. He's guiding us through the movie, and then he wraps it up. And so, yeah, I yeah. think he's uh, his performance is probably the best. I, You know, it's funny. I was watching um, a review on the movie. Uh, it, it's called... But here's what really happens: the history of Clue. Um, it was the the one that I talked to you where she poses a question like, "Is this movie really good, or did we just really like it as kids?" And I I turned it off. I was like, "I can't handle that." Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I went back and I watched all of it. Um, and you know, I agreed with some of it, disagreed with other things, but overall, I would say like, uh, you know, she says, "I don't think this is his best performance." And I think she she was saying like, even though it's amazing that there's a couple movies that she liked even better, but then she listed them and I was kind of thinking, sitting there thinking, actually, I think this one probably is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> For him. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm including like Rocky horror and, and his other movies. Uh, but right. I don't know, this is like my favorite version of him. And maybe it's that sort of just like British humor aspect that he has in the movie. Um, it, it's the reason why I, I can't really put my finger on it, but this is my favorite character of his, I think. Yeah, he gets to be himself in a way, which yeah. is always like, I think it's always, and that's something I always enjoyed too when I was acting, is whenever I would find a character that I would also relate with, I would also, I would often find it to be like, it was just, it was easier in a sense because like, you already relate with that character to a certain degree. And I think that Tim Curry's such a smart guy, but on top of that, he's also, you know, a brilliant comic in the sense that like, you know, he knows what to put where, you know, on top of being a dramatic actor too. Like he's just, he's such a good, uh, he's just a good performer that he knows what the performance calls for at that point in time. Like um, even in the moment, like in the hallway, right after they find Mr. Body, you know, and he's standing near the bathroom and they're like, he's like trying to figure things out and they're like, all right, we'll stop shouting. And he's like, I'm not shouting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I am. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. And then the candlestick falls and like, hits up like not only is he a great like physical actor as well he gives you great like he's got kind of a leather face a little bit you yeah know, definitely a rubbery face and um i just think he knows when to bring it like like a composer does with like dynamics he like includes those dynamics in a movie like he knows when to bring it up he knows when to bring it down he knows like um, you know, when things need accents, when things don't need accents and, and sort of here and there. And I think that just this part calls for that in order to tell the story and to tell it well, because I feel like if the pacing was any, like any slower in this movie, right. it, could, it could definitely drag on and be a, be a bore for some people. But I think that the fact that he's able to pick certain things up here and there and just, you know, he's sort of able to just let loose a little bit i think that's sort of the thing that not that you can't say that in his other roles not like he didn't let loose in rocky horror or it or anything like that you know he right. definitely went loose for uh went wild for those but this one i think encompasses everything that you need from the physical standpoint from the you know um, chemistry standpoint from having to also be the narrator in a way um because I think that there's one thing I sort of wanted to ask you about this. Like I got from watching the last few times I watched this movie was like, he doesn't 
break the fourth wall, but I feel like he comes close mm-hmm. a couple times. No, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And some of like the delivery and in him trying to explain certain things that are going on. He's just like, while he's explaining it to those guys, you can also tell he's talking to you in a mm-hmm. way, yeah. which you're like, it's really cool how he's able to do that without deliberately breaking that fourth wall. It is. And I think, you know, his performance, We I keep going back to the ending, but that, that could be very boring explaining to you every single thing that happened and doing it three times. Right. Um, but it's the way that he does it. And, and he, it does feel like he's, he's talking to them, but it feels like he's talking directly to us. Um, and he does that throughout the movie. A lot of his jokes feel like he's talking to us specifically. Um, so yeah, I, I did notice that a lot. And I was going to go back to what you were saying about, you know, this being, he's he's himself in this role i think yeah i think that's why it's my favorite too because you know when you think of like rocky horror or pennywise while you know that's still tim curry and he's incredible uh i feel like he's relying more in those roles on his look it's such a big part of those characters that this is like truly i mean he's just in a suit um in the video i was watching she even mentioned uh she loved him as Hook and Muppet Treasure Island, which I totally forgot about, but love that movie yeah, too. I mean, holy shit, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, and and so I think she she said that was her favorite, which he's awesome in that movie. Um, right. But even that, he's wearing a costume, you know. So I feel like in yeah. this movie, he's literally he, he's able to use, like you said, that rubber face and the big performances, and but he's really just in a suit. And I think maybe that's why it's my favorite and why it's so you know entertaining. Like it's just him being him. You know, right. and he's able to still carry it the same way as he would if he were like Pennywise, you know. Well, right. And I think that that's like another movie that I grew up with that I absolutely loved that he was in was Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, Love yeah. him as the hotel guy in that movie. Like, oh, yeah. He was one of my favorite people in that. And I think it's, again, because he's in a suit and he really sort of gets to be himself. And, yeah, he's given a little things here and there, but it's like. The moment, like, I love the parallels they have in that movie where, like, the Grinch is, like, smiling and then he turns to Tim Curry because he finds out the credit cards are stolen. And then he smiles like the Grinch and then, like, he's chasing him and he, like, sneaks into the room. And when he, like, Kevin pretends like he's in the shower and stuff and he's singing and he's got his, like, uncle going on the tape recorder and he's, like, sneaks in there. He's like, get out of here, you felt that. And he starts, like, running through the hotel room to try <laughs> to get out. It's just, like, I think that that's. When again, it it sort of goes off of that. Like you get to see him be, you get a little bit of himself in that, and I think that's part of why I like Madeline Kahn, um, Eileen Brennan, and Christopher Lloyd so much. Even um, Michael McKean, because you can all see a little bit of each of them in yeah, their parts. Yeah, that's true. And so you're like, I get like, I would love to sit down and have like a beer with all you, you know, like because <laughs> yeah. I could sort of like pick up on your personality type a little bit from that and just kind of play like they're all people I would love to play with in a sense you know like you're like all right let's just improv for 12 minutes and see what happens like that would be so much fun um but no I I I would say that that's I think the biggest thing for me is that just all is you get a little bit of each of their personalities in their characters Mm -hmm. all the while not you know it doesn't take you out of it like I'm watching this and I'm like I'm watching Wadsworth like yeah I know it's Tim Curry but like you know, it's also Wadsworth at this point. It's Mrs. White. It's Miss Peacock. Like, true, yeah. Thinking about it from that aspect, because sometimes you watch characters and you're like, "Oh no, that's just like, I don't know, that's just Johnny Depp trying to be Whitey Bulger." You know, yeah, it's like, that's I, true. I get sort of, I don't know. I, that's one thing for me that like is a big thing. If I don't get immersed in that character, then I have a hard time 
um, get immersed in the film. So yeah, they very they definitely feel written for them in the movie. Definitely, like uh, the jokes and the timing and all that. It it never feels like a stretch. And I mean, no. you know, Madeline Kahn. You mentioned she she often has characters like that. I think she got this role because of Blazing Saddles. Oh, and I love Blazing me Saddles. Me too. Me too. Oh. So good. Yeah. Gosh. Man, it's like I feel like there was a a string of years where like comedy was just like at its peak. <laughs> Which oh, we... like golden level. Like you talked about earlier, Young Frankenstein's also yes. another one of my favorite. And she's films. in that it too. Just... Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Like, I just think that people like I don't know. I almost want to experience what it was like to be around mm-hmm. then. Like, because I feel like we we go out and we search for that so much. Like I understand why movies were like so appealing to people and why like those people hit home to like whatever, when all of those people, even like Gene Wilder included, like all those people passed away. You're just like, and even hearing about like Tim Curry's like health struggles, you know, like with his stroke a few years back and stuff like that. You're like, it just, I don't know. They had a way of connecting with you in a sense that like, they're this connection to this older period, but they also like, they get it. Mm-hmm. Like they get that they're like, they are able to move along with times as well. So like, I just, I think that there's a really difficult, like there's, they were all really good at like changing with the times where I feel like some people who like, and trust me, like for the most part, I love like Adam Sandler movies and stuff from when I, when I was younger. But like, as I'm like getting older and I'm watching like, I try to watch some of like the newest. I'm like, dude, it's just the same exact thing you were doing. Like, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago. Like I would like to see change it up a little bit. Like, you know, write a different character, like perform it in a different way. And I get that a lot of what people like about those sorts of things is the fact that the people go back and do that over and over again because it made them laugh before. But like, I don't know. I feel like we're, we get so much information and, you know, we're able to, pretty much you know tackle anything we want to tackle that like when you go and you see a performance like that and it's just like the same that you saw in five other movies you're like i don't need that but when you see like madeline Kahn in a movie every time while some things may be similar it's also different like she yeah. gives a different performance or same thing with tim curry he gives a different performance and even like i'm thinking of like this is spinal tap you know with um michael mckeon like mm-hmm. oh my gosh it's just like it's such a just great stuff. movie <laughs> oh so funny um but yeah, it's just those sorts of things where like I, I think that they were just able to transition and kind of be a chameleon in the sense that they were able to sort of meld and, and gel with whatever they were doing, whereas other people have a hard time and they stand out more so than they do blend in with everybody. I think that they blended really well. Yeah. It, you know, now that you say that, you know, what what comedies do we have? today that would even reach cult status like that i I can't really think of a comparison like you know when i think of movies like this or blues brothers or wayne's world or you know things like that that i feel like we're still watching those over and over and even like younger people are still watching them because i don't think they've been replaced i I can't really think of anything (laughs) the only other thing like the thing that i would think of like at least that had a chance for it because it still does to an extent would be like austin powers maybe oh yeah that's Um, true but even that's pretty old now yeah i mean that was in what the late 90s 90s was the first one that came out and Uh so it's like it's tough i mean because there's there's like anchorman like and those movies are good i like anchorman (laughs) those movies are good as like one-offs like anchorman sort of stepbrother because they're different characters um but they're like 
they're those group of actors and like they're I don't know, it's kind of tough because like I love even like the Seth Rogen James Franco group. Mm-hmm. I love like the Will Ferrell and um John C. Riley group, but now it's gotten to a point where it almost seems like if Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are in a group, they just change the genre of what they're doing, but it's still a comedy. Mm-hmm. And like I like I like it to an extent, but there comes a point in time where you're like I now understand like Will Ferrell's tricks to an extent. So like, yeah, you in a also, way that I didn't before. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, it's, it's new to you before when you're watching these different, you know, films and stuff. And that's one of the things I love about listening to, or even like watching Madeline Kahn and Gene Wilder, they all brought something different every time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you could sort of get, like if you watch enough Will Ferrell skits of Saturday night live, or like you watch enough skits of him as Ron Burgundy, like you sort of see where the, comedy sort of heading in a certain degree yeah um, more caricature-ish that, almost yes very much as opposed to like adapting the character to the, whatever screen or whatever you know um script you've you've gotten or whatever film you're going to be in they were really funny and maybe that's the maybe that's the uh the reason for what separates you as a fan of this film or not is like are you a, a comedy nerd or not you know i don't know right. i never thought about it yeah no that's actually a good way to think about it. I think, I think that was a great way to sort of segue back in into the movie. It's just like, I think you're right. It's just all those people are just so good at what they do that. Like, it just doesn't, you don't need to separate anybody from anybody else. You just like, it's again, another example of what we talked about earlier, where I think, you know, perfect casting choices on top of just like great writing, but also, you know, comedic timing and professionals being professionals and wanting to make everybody in the whole yeah. product better. And I just think that as a, you know, it, you can tell everybody just bought in and was like, no, we're going to do this and we're going to do it right. And so I think that that's, you know, a great way to sort of, you know, wrap that. Yeah, wrap that for up. sure. Uh, were there any other scenes or any other facts that you kind of wanted to throw in? I know we kind of barreled through. Um, mm, uh, let me see. I have just a couple of quick trivia ones. Um, the color of each of the characters' cars are the same as their color uh, being pl- on the No, oh, I didn't even itself. notice that. So all the cars that they drive up there. Yep, that was a little fun fact. I didn't notice it either until I watched last night. And you can really tell when Miss um, Scarlet and Professor Plum get out of the car and mm-hmm. they sort of run in. They pass through all the cars and you can <sighs> see all their colors. Um all the secret passages in the movie lead to the same rooms that they do oh, in the board game as well. So the kitchen Yeah, my husband study. mentioned that uh, when we were watching it the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, the game has all those little uh, – yeah, yeah, those little things, you know, conservatory totally to the lounge. And, um, and then there was that Carrie Fisher one. And then what was the last one that I thought was really awesome was that uh, the three main female suspects were – all Academy Award nominees for Best Actress in a Supporting Role at different points wow. in their careers, which is pretty fascinating. So kudos to them. Just goes to show you, like, again, like we've talked talking about this entire episode, just a powerhouse of a cast. And um, it just is one of those things where it's like, I don't ever want to see, like, I know that they, did they make a new movie? Like a movie not that long ago or like? Uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, is supposed to produce a Clue movie. Oh, he has man. a like, deal I don't with know. Paramount. I love, I believe. I love Ryan Reynolds. Or no, with like... Fox. Yeah. I think he's a little too yeah. big for, I don't know. He's just not Tim Curry. It's like, we, we yes. need like John Oliver or something, you know, like some, a personality like that. But I feel like he's going to be too tempted to put himself as that character. I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. 
Yeah, no, it's totally fine because he's got like Ryan Reynolds has Ryan right. Reynolds humor, like in a way. It's like you know trying to put somebody else in there. Uh, funny fact too, John Cleese was also looked at. I could totally for the role see of Wadsworth. that. Um, and I could totally see that too. I read that and I was like, well, yeah. I mean, who else? <laughs> you know, like definitely. Yeah, he's literally the only other person that could do. Yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. But um, it just is funny, and it just makes me want to go watch some more Monty Python too because it's just is great. But um. That's pretty much it for the fun facts and scenes. I, I mean, I, I don't think I really have anything else. I'm just trying to think. No, and I believe for the most part they all use the weapons that like they're given. Uh, with oh yeah, yeah, with the exception of Miss Scarlet when she, you know, if you're going by the third when she hits the police officer with the lead pipe. If you notice, Mister Green's the one who has the lead pipe. He doesn't kill anybody, uh, so that's where that comes into play. But oh, gotcha, I gotcha. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it there, and. Yeah, I mean, aside from just wanting to, like, go and visit that set and, like, you know, stand in there, like, right in the middle of the floor, that would be awesome. But uh, we all know <laughs> that can't happen and, and uh, won't happen. But, you know, it's I'm glad that I just have this movie to, to return to, you know? Like, it's one of those yeah. ones that you're like, it's just going to be great. I can't wait to sit down and watch it with my kids, you know, when I'm older. Like, it's just one of those things yeah. where, like, it's to me, it's a bonding experience for anybody that you sort of watch it with that, like, you know, hasn't seen it in a long time or anything like that, or it just is really, like you said earlier, like I could tell, like, okay, I could sit down and talk with you now if we can watch, sit down and laugh during this movie. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definite litmus test. Yeah, I, you know, it's so quotable. And I think I, I've, I've kind of talked about this in some of my other episodes too, but when a movie is really quotable, I think it sort of elevates that film from being just like a solitary experience to something that you can share with other people because it's like, in a way, you're both talking about the same movie, but you're quoting it, and it, it just feels like you're doing it together yes. in a way. Like it's more bonding, like you said. Um, so I guess that brings me to my last couple of quick questions for sure. you. Um, and I, I guess you already answered it. <laughs> well, we spent this whole time answering this question, but if you had to say it in in a sentence, like what what keeps you coming back to this movie? Why do you think you've seen it as many times as you have? Um, I'd really say the cast. I think keeps me coming back to this movie. Um, I just think it's the perfect blend of my style of, I guess it's the perfect cocktail for me. It's got a great score. It's got a great cast, great blocking, um, great set, great costumes. It just hits all of my everything in a wheelhouse. So, I would say it's the perfect cocktail for me, and that's ultimately what keeps it coming back. And I think it's timeless in a way. While it is a period piece, it's also written in a way that's like that's timeless, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So I totally agree. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. I'd say that 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 probably be the best way to sum it up in a short way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I think you know, for me, um, it, uh, my humor is really dry, so I tend to. I tend towards movies like yeah. this that are, that kind of have that brand. I mean, maybe it was formative and maybe that's why I like that kind of comedy, but I grew up with this film and it's aged really well in my mind. You know, there's some movies that I go back and try to watch and recapture how it felt and it's, you know, not the same, but this one, it, it really felt like is only enhanced by me getting older. I just understand the jokes on a different level, maybe even better than I did yeah. when I was younger. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it was very funny. I mean, I think if you like this brand of humor, then it's basically a genius movie. Um, 
And, you know, I still to this day listen to like a lot of comedy podcasts and I'm always looking for like new stand up yeah. and I care a lot. I follow people's careers. I'm like, oh, you know, you think that's funny, but this guy, he started over here, you know, and I, I, I just get really attached to that world. So very much so. Um, I've always appreciated it. And so like, I think this movie just like, you know, that may be, that would be interesting to pull people and see, maybe that's the connection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one last thing, I'm sorry, yeah. before don't oh, mean no, to cut you it. off is another no. uh, sketch comedy group that I think we all forget about. Um, at least it was a big part, of, important part of my childhood was the all that TV show. Yeah, that's um, true. Like they were technically, when you think about it, a sketch comedy group. And then like, even when you, after that, like the Amanda show, like when you had like, that's where Drake and Josh spun off of like all those different shows mm -hmm. spun off of like those little things from one another. So like Keenan and Kel was spun off of all that on top of like the Amanda show. And then, Drake and Josh, all that stuff I think was also formative and, um, you know, at least in my aspect of, of comedy as well. So I would just want to throw that in. I thought of it when you were talking about those different, you know, troops and, and stuff. And when I was younger too, that would definitely played a big part of it as well for me when I was like a kid, kid, it got me into, you know, like repair man or like, um, I don't know, like bag and sag and Barry, like all those, like, you know, cool little things like, you know, that people, um, it's just a good way to introduce, I think, kids to sort of sketch comedy and yeah, show that it's yeah. okay to like be different and be your friend and, and be yourself. And that also like it's okay to have fun and have an imagination. There are other people out there that like to play, too. So I think that that's definitely, oh, definitely. A, a, a big, a big plus as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, so what what would you say to someone? How do you pitch this movie to someone that hasn't seen it yet? Or how have you been pitching? Because I, I have this feeling that you've shown this movie to a lot uh, yeah, of people. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's one that we talk about a lot, like when we're out with friends and stuff like that. And it's just like, if, if they haven't seen Clue, it's like, I guess the best way to, that we describe it to them, it's just like, oh my gosh. Um, the, uh, I guess the first thing we always say to them, the first two things are like, do you like Tim Curry? People are like, but people are either say yes or no. And if they say yes, and it's just True. like, Okay, well, then you're going to love this movie. But like second. Yeah, how have you not seen yeah, this? Yeah, <laughs> and, and second would be like, it's just a, it's it's just a good time would be the best way that yeah. like I, I describe it to people. It's like, look, it's, I think it's hilarious. I think it's funny. It's not a long movie. It goes by really quick. And it's just a fun movie to sit around with, with some popcorn, some wine and friends that you like really just enjoy their company. And especially people that have like-minded personalities. It's just a great, a great way to bond. And with other people that haven't seen it, it's also, I think, a great way to bond as well and get to know a little bit more about them and sort of their personalities, their humor. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's definitely something that you can bond with people over as well. So um, my pitch to people to like see this movie is just it's a fun, good time. And it's, you know, something that you really can't go you can't go wrong with. And if, you know. If you don't like it, then I don't know if we can be friends. No, that's not true. But it's just like one of those things where, you, like you said, it sort of is a litmus test a little bit where you're like, oh, okay, now at least I know like what your hu – because I feel like getting to know somebody's humor is like – in a way, you get to know that person as well a little bit more, and you could sort of go off of there like, okay, what am I going to talk with this person about a little bit? Like can I talk to them more about like this comedy stuff or like is it something where it's a little bit different? You know, Are they more like traditional like – I don't know fart jokes sort of comedy like what are they like <laughs> farts are always funny. oh my Everybody's gosh yeah like... that's that's a subject that i think everybody <laughs>, laughs at you can't ever go wrong with but it's one of those things where it's just yeah i think it's a, a great test of like you, you get to know a little bit about people when you watch it but it's also just if you're looking for a good time i think that that clue is 
clue is definitely it. Yeah, I feel like for me, you know, being a little bit candid, humor is like, I don't want to call it a defense mechanism, but I feel like I heavily rely on it. Yeah. <laughs> like when in terms to connecting with people and talking to people, I feel like I, I, I think just because of how I grew up in movies like this and, and just what I grew up watching and reading and ingesting, like, you know, humor is a big one for me. It's a big right. deal. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I would just tell people this movie is hysterical and ages well, I think yeah. comedy wise. And, uh, you know, if they want to see some of these, you know, we keep saying it, but these big names at, at their prime, basically, like this is, this is up there. It's one you don't want to miss. You need to see movies like Agreed. this. And, you know, some of the others we mentioned, like Stripes, Blazing you know, Saddles. Blazing yeah. Saddles. Yeah. Like some of the the best comedies ever made. Like you Airplane's another one. I love Airplane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Airplane. My gosh. <laughs> I'm going to like watch that movie this weekend too. That's another funny one. So. Yes. But, um, yes. Very no, much so. I very much appreciate you having me on. This is that I'm glad. It was nice to talk to with, I mean, aside from Lizzie, it was nice to talk with another a clue head like, you know, like me. So it's, yeah, definitely. oh man, such a fun, I mean, we could go on for longer, but I felt like, you know, oh, I'm yeah. definitely blabbling on there for a little <laughs> bit. So um, oh, no, you're I appreciate fine. you having me on. No, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, this is, you know, you twisted my arm <laughs> getting me to talk about clue absolutely not like it, i love this movie so i'm really glad you picked it and i think people are really going to enjoy hearing about it especially from somebody that's such a big fan so i really appreciate it and you're gonna have to come back and pick another movie sometimes so. oh yeah well i got I, now i got yeah. a couple in the bank that like i i'm definitely gonna throw out next time so um i think nice. we got a nice selection to choose from so um always always a pleasure to be on here so thank you for having me Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, before you go, though, do you want to plug really quick? Where can people sure, find Sure. Yeah. You? you guys can find me um, mainly on Twitter at Jordan Funky or at DC Squadcast. It's, um again, our show, DC Comics Squadcast, part of the Suicide Squadcast Network. I do with my uh, one of my good friends, Chris Rimmer. And um, again, we talk about comics weekly. So if you're into DC Comics, absolutely feel free to go ahead and check that out. And, um, you know, we also have a Patreon, too. So if you guys want to go there and uh, you know, if you take a listen to a couple of shows and you decide you like them, please feel free to go and check that out. Um, and just as a little plug for your fans, Lisa is actually going to be joining Chris and myself and yes. um, one of our other buddies, Scott. And we are going to be talking about Batman uh, White Knight here coming up soon. So yes. I am I'm very excited to talk about that as well. So um, look very much looking forward to it. And again, very much appreciate you having me on. So thank you. Of course, Jordan. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Bye-bye.